Welcome back to the Adult Study Guide podcast from Bogard Press. We're glad you've joined us as we look at the winner of 2021-2022 Adult Study Guide, The Gospel of Grace. As Brother Mark Clements walks us through the Book of Romans, we will see a beautiful picture of God's love for all people and His desire for them to know Him as Lord and Savior. Each week, Brother Mark will walk us through this story as we look at God's grace for us and others. Take it away, Brother Mark. Today's lesson is entitled, The Gospel of Grace and Christian Service, from Romans 12, 1 through 21. Seeking the context. After God miraculously delivered his people from bondage in Egypt, they found themselves in the wilderness and began to question how they would survive. Complaints about the lack of water and food began to make their way to Moses. Of course, God had a plan to provide for his people. Even though many in Israel were ungrateful and rebellious, when manna appeared from heaven, everyone was invited to partake equally. God showed mercy on everyone, but each person was responsible to gather his own manna and follow God's instructions for its consumption. Exodus 16, 4-21 Like manna from heaven, God has showered us with his mercy, but we must choose to receive what he has done and walk obediently in it. Paul summarized the first 11 chapters of Romans by praising God for showing mercy upon all, exclaiming the unsearchable depth of his wisdom and knowledge. Romans eleven thirty two and 33 God extends his mercy and grace to all, inviting everyone to join him through faith in Jesus Christ. Those who have been justified freely must determine what they will do with the wonderful gift of salvation. We should often pause to remind ourselves why God saved us. Periodically, we wander into sinfulness or purposeless living forgetting the tremendous lengths God went to in order to rescue us from death. In those moments, we must be reminded that we were saved for God's holy purposes. We were created to bring glory to God. In today's text, Paul explained the reasonable expectations God has for his children now that they have been given new life through Jesus Christ. Why is it so important for a Christian to remember his responsibility to serve the Lord with his life? Searching the text. Number one, grow in holiness. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. During the ministry of Paul, the city of Athens had a reputation of being the God capital of the world. It was a hub for every variety of religious worship. When Paul made his way through the city, he noticed an altar inscribed with, To an unknown God. The citizens' mentality when it came to religious devotion was to offer sacrifices to every idol possible. Then, in case they missed a god, they would offer a sacrifice to the unknown god. Paul capitalized on this tradition and declared the true god to them. Acts 17, 16-34 The people of Athens were unsure which god was true, 
but knew that there was someone who deserved their devoted sacrifice, so they tried to cover all possibilities. In this epistle to the Christians in Rome, Paul had spent 11 chapters explaining the work of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring salvation to all. The God of creation deserves all glory forever because all things are from him, through him, and for him. Romans 11.36 Since there was no more doubt in the mind of the reader as to the glory due God through Jesus Christ, Paul concluded the book of Romans with practical steps of obedience every Christian should adopt since God is worthy of our devoted service. This section begins with Paul begging his readers to respond to the overwhelming mercy of God by presenting their lives to God as living sacrifices. Like a soldier reporting for duty, willing to offer his very life in obedience to his superiors, Paul urges believers to keep presenting themselves to God. Considering the magnitude of mercy God has showered upon his children, this request is reasonable. After all, God's own Son laid down his life for mankind, so the least a child could do in response is to surrender his life to him in gratitude. To the casual reader, it may seem a bit extreme to ask followers of Christ to daily offer themselves to God for service, even if it means painful results. But God is not as interested in our comfort as He is in our holiness. He wants us to accomplish His will, which is good, acceptable, and perfect in His sight. As we daily report for service, surrendering to God our entire beings for His will to be accomplished, we are set apart for His distinct purposes. Now, consecrated for His specific desires, we must resist the world's attempts to shape us. God did not save us so that we would look more and more like the world, but that we would look more and more like Jesus. This is accomplished when we stop allowing ourselves to sit in the gutter of earthly pleasures and present our minds to God for His daily renewal by the power of His Spirit and His Word. How easy is it to conform to the world? Number two, use your gifts. Romans 12, 3-8. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another." Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness." If you have raised children, you probably have a story or two of a child begging for a certain Christmas gift, only to later watch them forget about it completely. We recently sold a motorized scooter in a garage sale that was on the top of a specific Christmas wish list. It was used once or twice, but otherwise sat in the garage collecting dust. As our loving Heavenly Father, God bestows grace and gifts upon His children in copious amounts. But are we faithful in using what He has given to us? 
Jesus taught that the church he established belonged to him and that he would build it. Matthew 16, 18. As Jesus puts the members of his body together, he knows exactly what the body needs and gives each member gifts that will make the body complete. Not only does a Christian's gifts from God bring personal satisfaction as he fulfills his individual purpose, but each Christian also brings his gift to the church of his membership to make the body more complete in its ability to carry out God's kingdom work. So there are individual and corporate benefits to Christians finding and using their God-given gifts. Before Paul explains some of the gifts members might receive and how to use them, he first described the attitude that must exist within the body. Since every child of God was made a partaker of God's mercy through Jesus Christ, an attitude of sober-minded humility should prevail among his children. Gifts are given individually tailored to each Christian, not so he may boast in his importance, but so he may serve God and others. When Christians consider their hell-bound trajectory before God's grace stepped in, they will approach their Christian service within their church with great gratitude and humility. That being said, God gives gifts in order for them to be used fully. So whatever ability or calling God places on a Christian's life, he should use them to the best of his abilities. If God calls a man to preach the word, he should do so according to the faith. If God gives his children the gifts of serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, or demonstrating mercy, they should exercise those gifts to the best of their abilities in alignment with God's nature and word. If God has saved you by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, what gifts has he bestowed upon you? Have you identified godly passions or abilities that contribute to the health of your church and her usefulness in advancing God's kingdom? Secular wisdom tells you to celebrate your birthday and to try and figure out why you were born. Godly wisdom, on the other hand, advises you to celebrate being born again and to show the world why God saved you. Your purpose is found as you submit to God's leadership and offer your gifts in your local church. How can you use your gifts most effectively? Number three, walk in love. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in busyness. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. After 10 years of living with our family, our dog's motives are still unclear to us. The kids want to believe he genuinely loves them, but we are convinced he only behaves well because he loves food more. He will do almost anything we ask as long as he gets the food he wants. We may not expect animals to have pure motives when it comes to displays of love, but we should expect more from humans. Obviously, expressing words of love in pretense was a problem for first century Christians, just as it is today. It is easy for a person to say they love God or others, but to actually demonstrate genuine love in reality is less common. 
disingenuous love is so common partly because humans have learned there are benefits to pretending to have love for God or others. Not only that, but it is increasingly easier these days to maintain false love for others without the fear of being caught. Christians have a higher calling. Remember, we are to present ourselves as holy to the Lord, seeking to satisfy His desires first. To grow in holiness and to use the gifts God has given us requires that we have genuine love. As John advised, we should not love in word, but in deed and truth. 1 John 3.18 What does authentic love look like? Love that seeks to glorify God and demonstrate benevolent concern for others will first be holy. Genuine love will detest what God detests and hold fast to what God says is good. Authentic love will seek to show honor to the others in increasing measures. Those who love the Lord genuinely will fulfill their calling with energetic enthusiasm, able to patiently endure hardship as they call on the Lord to help them. Lastly, those who seek to bring glory to God through genuine love will demonstrate hospitality and provide for the physical needs of God's people. Agape love, that is, the sacrificial and benevolent concern for God and the well-being of others, is the heartbeat of our service to God. When we daily report for duty to God, bringing our gifts and talents for Him to use, our greatest challenges can be accomplished as long as we have genuine love. True love for God and others is seen as well as heard. Christian service happens because of Christian love. What is the danger of not having genuine love for God or others? Setting the application. The power of God for salvation is in the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, Romans 1.16. God redeems mankind through faith in His Son, no matter who may call upon Him. God's purpose in saving us is to restore us to our, our originally created purpose and bring Him glory through good works He preordained for us to accomplish. Ephesians 2.10. We find everything God wants us to be and do in Jesus Christ. You were not saved to sit and wait for Jesus to return. You were saved to serve the Lord in holiness. God has gifted you with everything you need to obey Him. Discover your God-given gifts and present your whole life to Him daily as a living sacrifice. Most of all, let genuine love for God and others be your motivating heartbeat, whatever you may do for God's glory. Giving God our entire lives, not just our mind, but also our bodies, for His holy purposes, is reasonable. In our submission to God, we also submit to one another in our churches, since we are gifted especially to provide what is needed in the body of Christ. When we daily present ourselves to God for His holy use and walk in love, we will individually benefit and our churches will reach the world with the gospel. God gets the glory and the world gets the gospel when Christians serve Him. How can you increase your usefulness for God's glory in Christian service? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. 
Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible daily devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.